you have gone through and decluttered your house, you're not managing as much stuff. And this stuff really does weigh you down. And I always use this example of just coming into your home, that entryway space. On the days that it's cluttered or chaotic and and not tidied, you just kind of feel that weight when you go into your house. And it's not something that I want to experience while I'm existing in this space. It's something that I want to get control of so that my home can be a refuge. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama and 30. I'm Bailey. And I'm Carrie. And the Messy Mom Podcast is all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health and wellness, infertility, mom guilt, and of course, the craziness that comes with raising a family. So if you would like to live on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as this helps other mamas learn to embrace the messy with us. So get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's get started. What's up, ladies? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Hello, everyone. We do have a guest for you, a very exciting one. But before this, before we dive into that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we need to address, as my son says, the elephant in the room. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard by now, Bailey's Prego. Yay. Yay. Yes, I am. And it's been so great to finally be able to tell you this. <laughs> I know. I've been I- wanting to say it forever and it just ha- hasn't felt like the right time until now. So. And I feel like I've known for a very long time. You have. I mean, you're like one of the first people to know. know. Because I don't know if some of you saw the story. I had this whole grand plan of what I was going to do. So long story short, we thought we were going to have to get another IUI. For those of you that didn't know, I struggled getting pregnant with crew. And it was kind of looking that way. Again, after crew turned one, you know, we started thinking about having you know, adding to our family and it just wasn't happening. And not that a year is really that long, but just given our situation and past history, I went back to the doctor and she's like, yeah, let's just do another IUI. No, we'll get blood work. So I did blood work and we scheduled the date for the IUI, which is intrauterine insemination for those of you that don't know what that is. And she's like, when are you going to start your period? And I was like, I am so regular, you guys. I mean, TMI, whatever. (laughs) This is my small podcast. We share everything. I'm so regular, like literally to the day. And I was like, oh, in a couple of days. And she's like, okay, great. Call me when that happens. We'll get you started on your medicine, yada, yada. Well, (laughs) a couple of days went by and oh, let me go back. I was, I then got on stories and was like going to share the experience this time of what it's like going through fertility stuff and just, you know, kind of share the story with you. Cause I didn't the first time around, I was like, yeah, I don't mind doing that. So I jumped on stories and I was like, Hey everyone, like it just got blood work. Like I'm going to share this with you. Like it's you know been on my heart too, yada, yada. <laughs> well, I was pregnant at that time and didn't even know. So yeah, a couple of days went by, didn't get my period. And I was like, Oh, it's probably just off or something. And sure enough, didn't come for like two more days, took a test. I was like, no way. There's, there's no way that this is happening. 
And yep, here we are. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's yeah, I just love it. I love that it just happened. So, and yes, and you didn't I'm have to. Sorry go for that. those of you that were waiting to find out my, you know, fertility stuff. I kind of left you hanging there, but there is a reason for it. And we got a the one other thing that everyone wants to know. Are we having is crew man gonna get <laughs> a little baby brother or a little baby sister? So we do know the gender. And I know you know the gender. I do. We've kept it kind of under wraps until now. And Crew is having a little brother, another boy. (laughs) Another boy, lots of uh, men in my household. So I'm officially outnumbered. I have Lucy, though. She will. I got my Lucy dog. She's the only female in the household other than me. But yeah, another boy, which was honestly really surprising to me. I really thought it was going to be a girl just because... My pregnancy was a lot harder this time in the beginning than it was with crew. With crew, I had the slightest bit of nausea. I mean, I was really tired like most people are in the first trimester with him. But my nausea this time around was 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. Just on and off. I wasn't getting sick, but it was just on and off nausea all day for the first two months. And I don't even feel like I can complain when I listen to stories like Marissa, who we had on, who had hyperemesis, you know, nothing compared to that at all. So given the circumstances, you know, it wasn't that bad. But for me, it was just so different than the first and all the wives tales were pointing girl. Uh, So I was a little shocked when I found out it was going to be another boy. But you know what? I feel like I have all the things, you know, in this Mm -hmm. podcast, we're talking about minimalism. I'm not even doing a new nursery. Literally, Crew's going to go into another room. We're going to get him a toddler bed. I'm going to take his name off the wall and just put whatever we decide to name this baby on the wall and call it a day. You know what? Like that, that is one thing. Like, you know, I have Kate and Carter and there was one thing when when I found out Carter was a boy, I was excited, but I was also like, man, if these kids, if this was another girl... They'd, they'd be two weeks apart, two years and two weeks apart. Yeah. I could just pass those clothes down from season to season. Yeah. That, yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been nice. That's the only thing. So this baby, my due date's February 4th, which would be really cool if he was actually born on that day too, because it'd be two, four, two, four, but that probably won't happen. And I forget where I was going with this. Oh, so they're going to be different seasons. Yeah. So kind of a little bit of a bummer there, but they'll like even out like, oh, you know, yeah. all the newborn stuff. I mean, crew is dead of summer and Newborns all wear long sleeves in the beginning and you'll use more than you think. Yeah, I think I'll be using more than I than I think. So that's mm-hmm. kind of nice that I can reuse all that and yeah, it'll be a different postpartum experience for sure. Yes. With crew, like I had him dead of summer, July 11th, and what I've been telling everyone is it was that was kind of challenging because I didn't know how to dress myself and that was so frustrating to me. Because I was trying, when I was trying to get ready, I was trying to dress myself and get him ready. And like, I wasn't wearing those tight, cute little dresses anymore because my bump wasn't there. It was just like a blob. (laughs) And then none of my jean shorts fit me. I couldn't get them past my knees, basically. You're not wearing leggings and sweaters in the dead of summer. Like the free people loungy, like kind of set type things weren't a thing. And I just felt so frustrated. Like, I don't know how to dress myself. So I just went to Target and got like a bunch of cheap, different like jean shorts and different things that I could wear, you know, some dresses that were more flowy. But this time around, I can literally just wear leggings and sweaters. Absolutely. (laughs) That's going to be so nice. You'll have two little bundles of joy. That's true. That is very true. (laughs) 
lots of, uh, yeah, and it'll be two instead of one. So that'll be different. It's not like I'm going to be probably relaxing no. at all. So yeah. So Exciting. yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, news I've been wanting to share for a while with you all. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, we are too. We are too. So yeah, we had to, we had to address that before we dive into today's episode. Yeah. But yeah, as Bailey mentioned, we, our guest this time, we were actually on her podcast. We were trying to figure it out. It's been years two, ago, at least two years, maybe three. She has a podcast all about minimalism. So her name's Diane. And so we brought her on this time to talk about how minimalism can just reduce stress in motherhood, how honestly can just decrease, decrease stress in general. So, you know, Bailey and I've talked about this a couple of times where we're both trying to adopt this minimalist like mindset in terms of decorating, in terms of our house, in terms of our life. So we brought Diane on to, she's been doing it for, she said since her twenties, is that what she said? I think so. I got interested in right, right. When she either met her husband or got married. I can't remember. Yeah. So like in her twenties, so she's been, so she's, she's far into this, which is great because it's bringing Mm -hmm. her on as an expert who's kind of done it all. She just had a lot of great advice on, you know, where you should start. Cause I think that's a lot of people's biggest question is like, this is great. This, the, you know, the idea of it's great, but where do you even begin? Mm-hmm. So she, uh, just had a great way of where you should begin. And then she even took it a step farther that said, you know, it's not just the stuff. It's also your mindset. So just a lot of great tips on how you can not only, you know, minimize your stuff, but how you can minimize your mindset around how you're spending your time. Just a lot of great, a lot of great takeaways. I took a lot away from this one. I did too, especially when she's talking about ways to resist like the urge of needing something new all the time. Cause I struggle with that sometimes. Like oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a compulsive buyer for sure on certain things, especially with social media. Like we were talking about throws ads at you. And then in the notice the t- when it notices, that's what I'm trying to say that you've been stuck on something for, you know, 10 seconds and you pass it, it comes back and it just, you, constantly you're getting that information in your face. So she has some really good tips she on, did. on how to resist that urge. Yeah, that one. And then also what we've, another thing we talk about a lot is like, she got really good on minimalizing all the activities and like just keeping her blinders on and knowing when to say no versus saying yes to everything. Just, you know, a lot of things we all struggle with. I just think she had, and like we, we, we also talked about Bailey and I said, her energy is fire, like just yeah. amazing. She, she has that chill calm. vibe. She is so calm and she just makes you like, even if you feel like, I don't know, like <laughs> she just brings it. Like I need to call, I feel like I need to call Diane whenever I have a day where I'm like, oh, because she can just, yeah, just a couple of words. I'm like, yes, Diane. If you're on your way to work listening to this right now and you're three cups of coffee deep and you're feeling a little jittery, she's the energy that you need yes. <laughs> she, she, to start your day. She's going to even it out for you. So listen in, because even if you don't listen to what we're saying, her tone is just like, okay. Yeah. Right. She, she has a really day. good vibe. Yeah. We got off the podcast and that's like one of the first things I said is she's just got a really chill vibe that I wish yes. I had more. Of. <laughs> we, we could all use more Diane in her yeah. life, I feel. All right. Well, it's a good one. Listen in and we hope you take away as much from it as we did. Hi, Diane. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's really great to connect with you guys again. I know it's been a while, but I'm happy to see you. I know. We were just talking about, like, we can't even remember how long it's been. So (laughs) it's been a minute for sure. Oh, man. Everything's been a minute. 
lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah. I know. COVID, the the little thing called COVID happened since Small. Then. Yeah. Babies, all the things. Yeah. <laughs> Big life changes. It is. But before we dive into today's topic, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about you, anything that you want to share, family, hobbies, everything. Yes. So my name's Diane Bowden and I live in Columbus, Ohio with my three kids, my husband, and we now have two dogs. That's a big life change that we've had this summer. I'm the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast and author of a book with the same title, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. We'll we'll talk about how I got into the minimalism, but if you're wanting to know more about me, uh, hobbies. I love to take photos. I love to take photos of my kids. I do photography in Columbus. I love listening to other people's podcasts. I'm a major podcast junkie. I think that's kind of what had me desiring to create a podcast of my own because I feel like I was an early listener back in probably like 2010. I started listening to podcasts. Oh, wow. So I love podcasts. What else about me? I homeschool my daughter. My two sons are going to school this year, but I've been homeschooling my daughter. This is our third year. She's in third grade. That has been a really exciting I guess, journey of sorts in our family life and dynamic. We love to be outside. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to homeschool her. We'll see how it evolves with my sons. They're both really little at this point. So we'll see how it evolves there. But yeah, I really, I would say my top values are just being with family and nature and finding time to be creative. I love that. Yeah. You just spoke to my heart because as Bailey knows this, I've had a huge shift in thinking this year about schooling. Yeah. So yes, that's at the top of my mind for pretty much every reason you just described. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's, I go back and forth. Even today, this was our second day and I've already been second guessing myself. Like, is this the right decision? Am I doing things wrong? Am I doing things better than the school? And then again, just reassessing with my two boys. My one son is in preschool. So obviously like he wouldn't join us till first grade anyways. But then with my other son, it does kind of seem like, and no offense to anyone doing public schooling, because I my degree is in English education. I and my husband's a teacher. But sometimes I'm like, are you just outsourcing basic math and English right now? And then you're you could have all that time with him. So it's just this constant back and forth in my brain of what's the right decision, what's the right decision per each child that I think is so important to consider as well. He's so much different than her. So anyways, I could talk about homeschooling for a long time. <laughs> we might, maybe we'll have to connect and do that because that's where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a, I feel like a whole other podcast <laughs> Yeah, for definitely. another day. Because when Carrie told me that she was interested in homeschooling, I was literally like, no, you're not. Like that is so not your personality. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't feel like that's your thing. And then yeah. she's like totally getting into it. So I'm like, well, you're going to have to explain this to me because- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I feel like I could not do that, but everyone's different. I know. That might be a good idea. We might have to go into that one. Yeah. Not today. (laughs) Not today, but yeah, another time for sure. Because I'm sure there's a lot of parents that are interested in that, you know? And I feel like I've been hearing more and more people going that route. So I'm definitely sure that a lot of people would listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. So Diane, like you mentioned, you you know have the Minimalist Moms podcast, and you kind of touched on this very briefly that we are going to jump into that. Well, now's the time. So overall, what caused you to get started on your minimalistic journey slash lifestyle? Yes. Yeah, so for those of you that have heard me on a show before, I'm sorry for the redundancy, but I started my minimalist pursuits back in 
my early 20s, I would say at that point in time, I was the opposite of a minimalist. I wanted new clothes. Pretty, I never wanted anyone to see me in the same thing. It was something that I felt really good about, like, oh, they're not going to see me in the same thing. And I mean, obviously, like you have the same outfit, but you wear different places. But I just had this abundance of clothing in my wardrobe. I was in a lot of debt at the time. And I just felt like I wanted whatever was brand new, the latest thing. And honestly, like looking back, it probably had to do a lot of with a lot of insecurity and probably comparison, just like comparing myself to people and thinking that I needed that to be accepted or valuable. Anyways, so flash forward to meeting my husband and we never really had a conversation when we first met, but I would just say he was not into the things. He just was kind of existing to meet his basic needs. And at one point we were in my parents' basement and we were looking for something and he looked to me and he said, look at these things that are now in boxes that were once your dad's hard-earned working hours. And for me, for some reason, I never correlated all of my hard-earned working hours with the things. Like you work and then you have things, but there was some type of disconnect. Again, I was in my early 20s, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be working for things that one day end up in a basement or in a storage unit. I want to focus my money and my energy on getting the experiences or just fill in the blank, something that is not one day, not thought of any longer. And I always want to say, uh, I don't want to critique my parents and what the upbringing was that they had given my sister and I, because I would say it's, it was quite idyllic, but I just think that even keeping things in the basement at a very basic physical clutter level, it was something that I didn't want. So again, it was just kind of a light bulb moment for me to where I was like, okay, I don't need the things because I don't want the things to one day weigh me down. So let's start working towards these values. And yeah, it, it was just kind of a crazy light bulb moment there for me. We actually just cleaned out the unfinished space of our basement. Uh-huh. And this is what, so my parents, you know, they kept, again, it's the same thing. Like they've kept all these amazing, like the awards you get and like the little things that they think are going to be so cool. And they're like taking up massive amounts of space downstairs. Yeah. And we both, both of us were like, what are we going to do with that? Like, what, what is that? What I, it's great. But like, what are you going to do with that? Like we've yeah. yet to, I've never gone through those boxes. So, or like, you know, gymnastics trophies. I'm like, I was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was a great meet. Like your cartwheel was awesome. My cartwheel on the beam was probably perfect. It is probably amazing. And but then at the end of the day, it was like you know, and if that's something that's important, like take a picture, yeah, and move on with it. That was we've just come to the same realization. Like this is like this is where everything ends up. What are we doing? Well, it's because of that sentimental attachment to you as a seven year old gymnast that your parents don't want to get rid of. They don't want to get rid of that how they feel with watching you do that. And so I understand the heaviness that is attached to this item. But again, that item is a representation of all of that experience that they have. It's not getting rid of that. doesn't get rid of that feeling or that emotion. And I think that's why it's so hard to declutter because we do get so tied up in the emotions and the feelings of our things. And I mean, I still am there with certain items in our home, just baby items, or you talk about just having trophies. I keep I do keep all my medals from races that I've run because I never thought I would be a runner. So to me, they're really valuable. At some point, I'm sure once I'm gone, someone's going to throw that box away. But for now, I enjoy keeping that box. It's for you. Yeah, it's for me. And I'm already feeling that and 
my son's only two, but he went to the church nursery last Sunday uh-huh. and they made these little like craft things and they gave us like three. And I was like, I guess I'll put one on my fridge, but I didn't, <laughs> it was hard because I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to keep the other two, mm-hmm. but it was really hard for me to like throw them away. Like I felt really bad and really guilty about it. And I'm like, but I don't want all this stuff. You know, he's going to be making how many of these? So I kept one and put it on the fridge and then got rid of the other two, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. And he's only two and it's like, it's not even, they're like dots on a page, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand that. And I'm sure, you know, as your child gets older, it gets harder and harder as they experience more activities and just school and different things. Yeah. And I think though, what you're saying, I I always try to tell people to go back to rationality and what they actually know. And what you know is a simple statement of, I can't keep it all. Yeah. I can't keep it all. So that means I have to make a choice. And so like you said, Carrie, you could take a picture of it. And that's a great way to save some of these things that are more special to us. I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like jumping ahead to what you're I fine. know to talk about, but uh, I also love passing things down. Obviously, you're not going to do that with artwork unless you send it to a grandparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with like baby clothes, it has been so great to see my daughter's clothes have a second life on my niece and then vice versa. My sister has given me all of her boy clothes. And it just, I don't know, it makes it special to see it again, but also it gives you a healthy, I think, detachment to it, to where it doesn't feel as sad to see it go because you're slowly seeing it like over the next couple of months, whenever you see your friend or your family member wearing it. But I feel like the more I, the more that I see the thing, the less attached I am to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I can understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And especially seeing on someone else, like not Obviously, you're close with that person, but it's not your child. You're like, oh, they're getting it messy. Like, I don't really need it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, what's it called? Exposure therapy. I've talked yeah, about this yeah. before. Yeah. It just, uh, the more I exposed myself, this was probably right when we moved into this house because I couldn't get rid of my daughter's baby clothes yet. I wasn't ready. So I went down, I looked at it, I was able to get rid of a couple of things. And then I went back down a few months later and I was like, oh, I can get rid of a few more things because it just didn't feel that attachment wasn't as strong because I have two other kids, first of all. And then second of all, my daughter is getting older every day and I'm enjoying these moments and I'm more attached to these moments now uh, versus her babyhood. So I also do think time is helpful, but I wouldn't use that as a crutch either, which again, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we can talk about all of this. Mm -hmm. Diane, do you think being a minimalist has helped reduce stress in motherhood? Like I can see just from like, I feel like clutter. I mean, I think this is most people. When mm-hmm. I do have clutter, I become stressed when it's just, you know, because everything's overwhelming in this house. So I'm just curious if like adopting that mentality has helped you. Yes, absolutely. I think that we have to remember that everything we own is something we have to keep track of. And people will call it your inventory, like your home inventory. And so when you have gone through and decluttered your house, you're not managing as much stuff. And the stuff really does weigh you down. And I always use this example of just coming into your home, that entryway space. On the days that it's cluttered or chaotic and and not tidied, you just kind of feel that weight when you go into your house. And it's not something that I want to experience while I'm existing in this space. It's something that I want to get control of so that my home can be a refuge. And I always say, your home, 
you can't control other people. You can't control things that go on in the world, but you can control the tangible items of your home. Like you are the gatekeeper, you and your spouse. And so you guys can get that under control because it's something that you can tangibly get rid of or decide to keep. But there are other things that are out of our control. So for me, being somewhat of a control freak, I like that I can kind of get my hands on this and make those choices. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I can see that too. And it just, I mean, from little stuff too, like I think even having like rule, like the smallest rule that I have in place is like the kids love to just like come off the bus stop and go scramble the neighborhood, which Mm -hmm. I love. It's great. Except for when they come in the door and throw all of their stuff at the foot. Cause then it's like, okay, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. And like just that two backpacks. I mean, I have two kids, two backpacks and a couple of stuff just made me just throw off my whole. So it's like adopting those little rules. Like your backpack hook is three more steps away. Like that is, we do two things before you can go scatter the neighborhood and then go. But it does, it like, it's can change my, change my whole mindset and attitude by one thing. Yeah. So just imagine if your entire house was that way. So again, I keep saying again, we'll, we'll address it. Let's address it now. Start slow if you need to and build momentum throughout your house. And I always say in regards to that sentimentality and that emotional pull, start in places that don't have that feeling attached to them. So I always say start in the bathroom because there are a few things in there that you're typically attached to sentimentally. (laughs) You also start and end your day in the bathroom typically. And so it's not a weight or a reminder that I want to have of, oh my gosh, even my bathroom is chaotic. My house is chaotic. I need to get it under control. So I think that that is a great place to start and give yourself that little momentum that you need to move through the rest of your space. That is such a good point that you start in the bathroom and end in the bathroom. And I've never really thought about that, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. That's where I start and end my day Mm -hmm. pretty much every day. (laughs) Yeah. That is a really good, good place to start. And for me, you know, we renovated an older home and it's taken us forever because we've just done it piece by piece. And then Mm -hmm. we had crew and then we didn't do anything for a very long time. And we're, you know, kind of revisiting a lot of things and a lot of our walls are bare. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel this need or this pull to like put something in every like bare on every bare wall. And then I've realized over time, really over the past probably year and a half that that just feels kind of constricting. And so that it's okay to keep a wall just bare and it's clean and it's minimal and you don't have to clean around it. (laughs) And all these different things. So I think over time, I've learned that sometimes less stuff is just overall, it just makes you feel lighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was, someone said this, I saw this within the last month because I've done a little bit of traveling this summer, but I think people do like hotel rooms or vacation spaces because they aren't cluttered and overwhelmed with things, especially with hotel rooms. They're usually not covered in artwork over every surface. And I think that's kind of a nice thing of going to those spaces that we may not even recognize. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thought. Yeah, that is. It's simple. Like, and they're clean. Sim- they're, and Hopefully. just simple. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're clean. Yeah. Not always, yeah. but for the most part, yeah. No, that's a good point. That makes sense. Are you currently pregnant, postpartum, or beyond? Lucky for you, Fit Mom on 30 has an exercise and nutrition program for every stage of motherhood. And the best part, the workouts are 30 minutes or less. We know there are about a million online fitness options at your fingertips, but our science-backed and doctor-approved fitness and nutrition programs are designed to support you wherever you're at. 
from safe and effective pre and postnatal workouts to our 30 minute strength and cardio conditioning classes, there's truly something for everyone. Did we also mention that we have seasonal recipe guides to nourish not only you, but your entire family? Because let's face it, ain't no one going to be making multiple meals in my house. We know finding the time to exercise and eat well can be challenging once you become a mom. And that's exactly why we started Fit Mom in 30. We want you to find your groove again with fitness and nutrition, which is why you can try any of our Fit Mom in 30 programs completely free for seven days. And if you decide you want to stick with us after the seven days, you can get $10 off your membership. All you have to do is enter the code podcast at checkout. So overall with, you know, kind of adapting this minimalist lifestyle, what brings you the most joy when it comes to being a minimalist? Like what areas of your life have improved since you've become a more minimalist lifestyle? So obviously the tangible things and having decluttered my spaces make it much easier to manage my household, which in turn means I can spend more time away from my house because I know that when I return home, I don't have an abundance of things to take care of. So I would say fewer things equals we can go out and I don't have that weight of, oh gosh, I have to return home and clean. I don't have to spend hours cleaning. So again, I think I said at the beginning that we love being in nature mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I could be as at peace or relaxed just knowing that I had a tornado to come home to. So I would say that is tangibly one thing that has been really beneficial. But I think the more that I pursued, not even like a minimalist lifestyle, but a more intentional thought out lifestyle, I would say it's this, it's, it's what it's done to my mind and my mindset uh, regarding things, but also just where I want to direct my energy and attention. And I think for so long, I am a people pleaser, but I think I was saying yes to everything. And then I felt resentful because I felt like I couldn't say no, but I didn't know how to say no. So I feel like when I got really clear, again, outside of the tangible things, when I got really clear with what I wanted in my values, which maybe maybe because I didn't have all the things, I was able to take that time to sit down and think about what I really wanted. I've just gone through and said, what do I want to say yes to in our schedule? Like what relationships are not as mutually beneficial anymore that maybe that season has ended for the time being. So just kind of getting really clear about how I want to spend my time has also been just this unexpected benefit, I guess, to living with fewer things. And again, that's been a process and I'm still trying to figure it all out. But I would say it's so much more than just the stuff. It it really does have to do with every facet of our life. Mm -hmm. I love that. This leads to the next great question then. Cause I, you said, let's start, you know, start with the places that you're like bathroom, you're there beginning at night. And like you said, you're not really, I, for the most part, you're not attached to things in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. You have to use some of them, but you're not attached to them. If someone's starting out on this journey, mm-hmm. like you said, besides like the space of a bathroom, do you recommend then like starting with physical things? Like is the easiest thing to declutter your mind to physically start here? Or would you actually suggest someone doing what you just said, like sit down and figure out where you're spending your time. Like, is that the easiest way to start to minimize your life or is it more of the stuff around you? So I will say, I don't know because I have, I didn't start to get into the mindset element until I had already done the work at home. Mm -hmm. And I will say again, because I don't have a ton of stuff to do or stuff to clean up. I mean, I can pretty much go through and tidy my house within 15 minutes. Like if you guys were 
on your way over. I could do it real quickly and my house would look pretty pretty good unless you look in the corners. I'm not a great <laughs> But I think that that has given me the margin to sit down and and do more of the I don't know, the deep work on, with my mindset and my brain. But I also think as with anything, you're never going to arrive. It's never going to be perfect. And so even with the clarity or just the just the awareness that we have with our values and where we're spending our time as a family, it's still something that we have to constantly come back to because my kids are getting older and they have their own autonomy and they have their own relationships or interests that they want to maintain. So it's kind of like, I'm going to keep coming back to it. So sorry, I'm kind of veering away from your initial question. It was, is it the things or the mind? I would say I would, I would start with the things to give you that piece. But if you are an early riser, or maybe you could even do this after your kids go to bed. Yeah. Sit down and write a list of the things that you value versus the things that you've been making a priority in your life and compare the list and then just start to chip away of, of what differences you want to make. So if you're saying you prioritize your family, but you have been spending a ton of time on Instagram or you have been working out too much, I think that your listeners might listen to like mm-hmm. hear that. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I had my daughter, I was in really unhealthy cycles of fitness and working out and spending so much time doing that, that it wasn't, I wasn't as focused on other things that were important to me. But I said that those things were important to me. But when I really sat down and took inventory of my time, it wasn't matching up. And so changes had to be made. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Point. That is a good point. When you first got started, because this minimalism really isn't like we just talked about all about the things. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's also kind of a mindset shift. Yeah. So when you're getting started how did you fight the urge to like want to go out and buy more when you've already made that choice that you want to kind of adopt this lifestyle? Because I feel a lot of people probably struggle there, especially now with, you know, social media and being constantly bombarded with ads and, you know, influencers showing all their cute outfits. You're like, oh, I need, I feel like I need that. You know, we all get that urge sometimes where we see something like, I want that. How did you fight that or how do you? recommend people fight that urge? For me, when I first started back in that, after that basement moment, I honestly just had to stay away from stores. I mean, I really couldn't go to the mall. And then I, I think I started with that detachment from it. I was like, why do people do this for leisure? Why are people just going to the mall or these outdoor malls for fun? Like, Hey, I'm going to meet you and we're going to go window shop. Even if we don't buy anything, it just felt like there are better things that we could be doing with our time. So I probably did get a little bit judgmental there. But it was probably more of a self-preservation mode because I was like, well, you're not currently in the store. So anyways, yeah, I just had to stay out of stores. I deleted all of the emails that I would get. I think, I don't know if it still exists. What is that website? There's like an unsubscribe website that's really helpful as well that it will just go through and put everything in your spam. And so I wasn't getting those mailing. I need that. Whatever. the (laughs) I I definitely need to find the name of that. Yeah. I'll have to, I think it's unroll.me. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's unroll.me is the website. So that was really helpful because I wouldn't see it automatically. I will say though, I have noticed in the past six to nine months with the algorithm on Instagram, I'm not even necessarily interested in shopping, but it knows what I want. If I (laughs) were to be shopping, I'm like, how do you know so well the exact thing I would want at Free People? Because Free People is great. I don't love it all but it knows exactly what I would want from free people. And if you spend time on one shirt, guess what? It's going to show you that shirt like every couple of Instagram stories. 
Yeah. So (laughs) I think awful. I know it's horrible. (laughs) And I do, I have a compulsive, uh, Ten, just um, a really extreme personality of like, I do too. I'm really far this way or I'm really far that way. And it's just really, I can, I can ruminate on things. So if there is something I'm ruminating on, because that's a tendency of mine, I will say, okay, if in a month you still want this thing, then maybe pull the trigger. And when I would, um, when I was shopping at Target, I would do the same thing because every time I would go to Target, there would be something that I would want. But then I realized that I was like, oh, every time I go to Target, there's something that I want that I don't have. So when I recognized that every time I stepped foot into a Target, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have enough or like I wouldn't be enough. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I can play that game too. I don't need anything from here. And again, I would just put those limits on. If I do want something, then I'll give it a time. And I still do that. I saw some really cute, silly little knickknack in the store and it was really overpriced. And I was like, well, next time I'm in this town, which I'm not really ever in that town. (laughs) If they still have this frog, it was a frog um, for your garden. I don't know. It was really kitschy. Something you liked. Yeah, it was something silly that I liked. But I was like, if this guy's still here in six to nine months, (laughs) when I come back, I'm getting him. It's meant to be. He's waiting for it. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not some person that thinks everything is serendipitous like that. But I just think like if the need is there, oftentimes we think we need something when it's actually just a want. And mm-hmm. so that again, detachment will help us actually get the awareness of what we need. Yeah. And sometimes I think people get excited about just getting something new. I know mm. for me, like if I'm like, ooh, I have a package coming today. And then I open it up and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cute. And then it's gone. <laughs> like it's it's just this constant thing. And with Amazon Prime now, it's just I can't believe how easy it is to purchase things at your fingertips. And so I guess, yeah, you just kind of have to ha- make rules for yourself, especially if you're someone who's compulsive to if you want to, you know, try to live a little bit more minimally mm-hmm. on ways that you can kind of fight back. Yeah. And I think it is, it is so much harder now. Again, I'm, I'm seeing that I'm feeling this pull of wanting things that really wasn't there years ago. And I do think it's just because we're seeing things that we want so much more often than we used to. So it do, it is something we actually have to do. We have to fight it and we have to mm-hmm. put these boundaries, if you will, into place of how we're going to manage it. Because I think if you don't have a plan, then you just end up having a ton of packages always showing up to your house. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I'll I'll find myself like it is like well that is a that is the perfect cute outfit and then I'm then you like I'm like I will wear this same black tank top two <laughs> day two out of th- two out of day the five days weekdays I, this is what I'll be in so like I don't need that outfit let's be, I'm not going anywhere I, I'm gonna I'm gonna always default to this tank top so why am I getting it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah or I'll even like I'm like oh that's so cute on her like and it's this dress and you know maybe they go out all the time or parties and I'm like that's not what I'm doing right now yeah. like I really want it because it looks so good on her maybe it'll look good on me I don't know but like I'll never wear it mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's more challenging mm-hmm. yeah just doing <laughs> that self assessment and really again knowing yourself and having that margin to do so is really important i understand that as moms especially if you have multiple children you don't get as much time but doing that I don't know. I think doing that, even just taking one afternoon on a weekend saying like, honey, I need to go to a coffee house. I need to process some things. 
write a bunch of things down. I'm a visual person, so it's helpful for me to write things down and just see again where you feel like you are, I don't want to say failing yourself, but just not living up to what you actually really want in this life because you get to, you are in control of certain things that you are doing. Again, we're not in control of others, but if there's something that you could do by getting up earlier or going to bed later or saying, I'm going to turn off these notifications. I'm going to sign up for unroll.me. Every time I go into Target, I'm not going to walk by this one section. Like just kind of writing those things down. And then they become second nature. It mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of work, but none of this has worked to me anymore because I've already made the decision. And so it's like, okay, I don't have to think about that anymore. I know where we spend our money. I know what I, where I want to spend my time. I don't know. I think it's just really good to take the time to do all of this self-help work, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a great, I think, place to end the overall minimalism chat. So thank you so much, Diane, for coming on and discussing this with us. I think it's, like I said, something I'm definitely interested in and working on. I know Carrie is too, and I know a lot of our community is. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect at it by any means. I feel like I'm just getting started over the last couple of years trying to be a little bit more minimalistic. So this was just really helpful. You gave us some great tips, great ideas. And we all have one more question. It's a question we ask every single guest that comes on. And that is, what is a messy mom? We call them moments or mm-hmm. moments that you can think of. And if you can't think of one off the top of your head, just what advice do you have for other moms to embrace the messy or the chaos in their life? I wasn't sure how to answer this. I knew that you guys did this on your podcast and I wasn't exactly sure. So maybe I'll, I'll give you my answer and you can tell me if I'm Answering correctly. It doesn't. Yeah. It, okay. it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> well, I just think so often, again, we compare ourselves to others or what other moms are doing. And I think that when we remember just that, that phrase, like stay in your lane, I just, I'm putting my hands on the side of my eyes right now, like a, like a horse with the blinders on. <laughs> and I think when I can do this and focus on, okay, what am I doing with my kids? What are, what are we doing as a family and not looking to anyone else? Because and also vice versa, like no one should be looking at me and how they should be living necessarily because they don't know what my time looks like. They don't know what my schedule looks like. And when we start comparing, like maybe my strength is not yours. And so I just kind of had to get really, again, honest with myself to say like, what is my strength? I'm doing that well. I might be not doing this well, but that's okay. And like, I can celebrate that or also just stay in my lane. I can just focus on on this and, and right now. I don't know if that makes sense. No, totally. That's great advice. For okay, <laughs> and something that I feel like I needed reiterated at this point in time in my life. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think I'm constantly just like verbally processing in my own brain of, of things that I maybe feel insecure about and just kind of talking myself through some of that. And again, maybe that's because I listen to so many, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are constantly I do too. doing the same thing. So yeah. I'm a podcast junkie too. I look in the car when I'm by myself, when I'm cleaning, it's, I'm a podcast girl. So I feel you on that. (laughs) Well, that was so helpful. Thank you so much, Diane, for coming on. Could you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's at Minimalist Moms Podcast. The podcast is Minimalist Moms on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we do, or I do talk about minimalism, obviously, but I I try to reach so much deeper, kind of like what we talked about today into the mindset and just how simple, intentional living looks overall. So it's not just for minimalists and decluttering, I promise. And then again, the book is Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. And that is more of a beginner's guide to where to start through your schedule, your mind, and the tangible items. 
That's awesome. We'll put a link to your podcast, your Instagram, your book, all in our show notes. And then I want to get that unclutter uh, website you were talking about. (laughs) I I need that for myself and put that in the show notes too, because I just find that I I feel like I unsubscribe to emails and they still are there. I'm like, how is this happening? I don't feel like you listen to me when I when I press unsubscribe. Yeah. But this was so great. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, we'll put all that information in the show notes for our listeners. And thank you all so much for listening. Until next time. Bye, mamas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on Instagram at fitmomin30. That's F-I-T-M-A-M-A-I-N-3-0. And let us know what you liked about this episode. We love hearing your feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show on our website, www.fitmamain30.com, along with our programs for prenatal, postnatal, and beyond. Until next time, bye mamas. <laughs>